0: Well, good morning, church. I'd like to invite the ushers to come forward at this time with some Bibles. And if you did not come with a a Bible and you'd like to have one, please just raise your hand. They'll see that you get one. And and if you do not have one, uh, feel free to just uh, take it with you. It's our gift to you uh, this morning. We live in a broken world where Relationally, emotionally, it takes a toll. Because fear and worry and depression, anxieties abound. And as a result of that, <clears throat> the, the probability of finding healing and finally finding a place where we, we feel like that we're finally on the, on the way to recovery. Often it's the case we find ourselves stuck. That's why I like this series that we're currently in called Anchored. And we're going to be looking at, over these next several weeks as we have been, is not only being anchored relationally, but anchored emotionally. And when we start talking about worry, it's interesting that uh, when you look at what happens on a Sunday morning? There is, seems to be a huge gap between what we theologically believe and embrace and what happens then the rest of the week. I'm amazed that I, I was like you this morning. I was so caught up in raised a hallelujah and, and, and the same power and, and all of that. And, and, and if we fully embraced theology, that truth. Worry, anxiety, depression could flee. Because the focus, our focus is changed. And when I start to look at this whole subject of worry, all of us in this room, probably at one place or another, and it even could have been this week, you found something to worry about. And uh, when I'm looking at the, a couple of, what's something, a picture we could have? I think of a boat, and we look at the word anchored, and the first picture is a picture of a boat that has nothing that it's anchored to. The, the anchor is over the boat, but it's not furtively grasping the ocean floor. And so as a result of that, it's just given in to the storms of life, and it just goes to and fro, and it isn't long before we can be far removed, far away from where we once were. And I've seen so many people that's that way. They started out in a fairly good place, but as a result of everything they face in life, it seemed like that they're now so far removed, and sometimes even in their own thinking, they're thinking, God has left. I'm all by myself now. There's another boat, and you see by this boat that it's firmly anchored. It's in rock-solid ocean floor. In the Christian life, when we place our anchor deep in the anchor of Christ, regardless of what you and I face in life, we can stay intact. We can stay where we're at because we have something that is holding us deep within that allows us to go through these storms, but to go through them differently because of Christ. So when I was thinking of this whole idea of worry, looking at it generationally, what does teenagers worry about? So the top ten, and uh, by the way, teenagers, if you met your Five that are going to be up here may not be your five. They could be something totally different. But teenagers today worry about school and time commitments, appearance and fitting in, peer pressure and personal beliefs, love and sex, but also family and other expectations. What are college students? What do they worry about? Finances, paying for education, academic anxiety. Am I going to pass? Relationships, will I find the right partner? Future plans, academic challenge of coursework. What do adults, older adults worry about? Money and future, (coughs) job security, relationships, health, getting older. Let me give you another generation. How about the seniors in here? How about loss of independence? I worry about that sometime. I wonder what's it going to be like when Tony has to take care of me? (laughs) You know, when I'm not the father anymore, but he is. Can't wait to see what happens when he changes my diaper. (laughs) How about declining health? Running out of money. <laughs> Social security going to be bankrupt. What, what, what am I going to do next? That's why I hope Tony keeps getting paid well. <laughs> Not being able to live at home. And then finally, isolation or loneliness. See, we all have something at every level, age level, something we worry about. And Jesus did a sermon series called Sermon on the Mount. And he addressed the subject of worry. And I want you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 to 34. That's page 679, maybe in the Bibles that you received. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life What you will eat or drink, or about your body and what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Verse 26 Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? each day has enough trouble of its own. Within that passage, within that sermon, within the teaching of Jesus at that point, he addresses not only should we not worry, but if we worry, we need to stop worrying, and then he addresses how worry becomes a lack of faith. And I think there's so much to unpack with that, and and in our ride out to Kansas, Leanne asked me, What do you think is the difference between worry and concern, or is it the same? And I said, That's a good question. Because you may even be thinking of that. Is there a difference between worry and concern? I think there is a difference somewhat. And it really depends on what stands between you and that worry or concern. Because even God had, mentions that he was concerned about something. And uh, when I looked at the word the Greek word marinato, which addresses the definition of worry, that he uses worry and anxiety and concern. So when you look at, at 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 23. It says, But the Lord was gracious to them and had compassion and showed concern for them because of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And to this day, he has been unwilling to destroy them or banish them from his presence. In this passage, the Lord expresses concern. It's not worry, but concern because he takes action. In Ezekiel 36, verse 21, I had concern. For my holy name, which the people of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. Again, the word concern, but it led to action, something God did. So, how we handle what is between us and worry? If God is out of the equation, then worry becomes the normal experience. But if I place God within, in front of my worry and I'm looking to him to help me with whatever is a concern of mine. It could be your kids. You're concerned that they do well. So you take action as a parent to try to provide a sense of, of next steps, steps to be freed, steps to, to be safe. But when, we bec- when worry becomes that which overclouds cl- me, overpowers me, I don't look to God, I look to myself. And the main difference, I think, between worry and concern is how I position God in relationship to my problem. Well, is there a difference? If I'm going to talk about is there a difference between concern and worry, is there a difference between worry and anxiety? Worry and anxiety can somewhat be associated with each other, but there is a difference because in worry there can be a level of emotional distress, emotional impact. But anxiety can be so overwhelming. It can imprison you where you feel like there's no hope and you just constantly allow your, your inward being to be in turmoil. So worry may be like I worry about am I going to get uh, to the airport on time to catch the plane where anxiety could be I don't even want to get in a car so it stops me from doing things. And so there is a difference between those two. But what does worry, or you could use anxiety maybe, that what does it communicate as a Christian? The first thing I think it communicates is a, a, simply a distrust in God. I begin to divini- diminish my view of God at the expense of elevating myself. I don't trust God but I sure trust me. I can do this. I can take care of this issue. And every day when something comes our way and shows up on the panor- panorama of life, when I see it on, the, on a painting, I see an opportunity where I could give it to God, but, I, but because I see this myself, I think it is God can't take care of this problem, but I can. So I distrust God. What, else, what does it also communicate as a Christian? That circumstances control us. You know, like there's no anchor. So my life is, is, is gone up and down and being tossed to and fro and it's falling apart because of the fact that I'm allowing these circumstances to control me. My life isn't anchored to anything. It is simply a control problem. It's me being in tr- control versus God being in control. It also demonstrates a lack of faith. Jesus makes reference to this. Oh, you of little faith. Because you see, the greatest, the greatest enemy of, of faith is worry. Just think back to the last time that you struggle with worry. And notice what happened to your faith. Is your faith begins to diminish. Because you saw whatever it was between you and God at this point was bigger than God. And so I can't trust him. But also, I think worry communicates as Christians that I'm responsible for what happens. It is my responsibility. But I think we're assuming on a responsibility that God gives each and every one of us that never, he never intended for us to have. God wants to help us with each and everything we face on a daily basis. So what does the Bible teach about how we work through worry, how we work through anxiety? And I want to go back to this Matthew 6 passage. In verse 27, he says, Can any one of you worry, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? In other words, our worrying accomplishes nothing. Do you know 85% of the things that you and I worry about never happen? You spend 85% of your time worrying about something that won't happen. What would happen to us if we would take that 85% of our time when we're thinking about things that never happen, and we actually just give it to God? The difference that there could be in our day. But also, when you look at... when he, this whole impact that worry can have on our life every day. I found this quote this week. It says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. You know what happens? When you begin to worry, your worry, what does it do? It begins to bring in a black cloud. And it takes away the strength you could have in that day because you're so overcome by whatever it is that you worry about. I think it also affects us physically. I love what it says in Proverbs 12, verse 25. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Think of it this way. As you're going throughout the day, the more you're anxious, the more you worry, the heavier your backpack gets, the more you begin to hunch over. And you're feeling the weight. So many times, people end up in a, in, with the doctor overcome by the weight because it starts to affect them physically and emotionally. And it carries over into other areas of my life. Opposite biblical instruction for worry, Matthew 6.30 said it's the opposite of trusting God. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do you see what worry does? It destroys my faith and trust in God. And it becomes opposite of trusting. Opposite of trusting him. When you look at the passage, and he talks about the the birds of the air, the grass... Anybody ever seen a stressed out bird? A bird that's just flying around, oh my word, I'm just concerned about is there going to be something to eat? Or the grass says, man, it hasn't rained for a long time. I could sure use a good drink now. You don't see the flowers. Now you can see some of the results of stressing over the lack of water. That's how my wife knows when to water the plants is when they're starting to go over like this. And so I'm learning from her when's the right time, isn't it, honey? I'm learning when's the right time to water. That's, God just says, I take care of all these things. Matthew, or Philippians 4, verse 6 through 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with the thanksgiving, With thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, do not be anxious about some things. Is that what it says? No. It says don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, pray. Pray. Present that petition to God. Lord, help me with this problem, this worry that I'm facing. But what happens when I worry becomes opposite then of trusting God. I don't pray. I don't ask God for help. Maybe I did it first, but it didn't seem to work. And so we just kind of stop. I think the Bible also teaches us that it moves us in the wrong direction. Matthew six, thirty-one to 34, So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So do not worry. Moving in the wrong direction, what does that look like? Is that instead of running towards God with my worry, without seeking Him first, instead I turn and I become overwhelmed with anxiety. I become overwhelmed with worry. And it's hard for me to run towards him when I'm so overwhelmed with these things that causes me to be anxious. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. I like to look at that, cast whatever you worry, whatever causes you to be anxious, transfer transfer it over to his shoulders. God, I'm going to give this to you. It's like a little boy who just goes to his father and he lists whatever it is up to his father and says, here, take it. That's a transferring of what's in his hands to his father's hands. That's what God wants us to do is transfer whatever is causing us to be anxious, whatever causes us to worry, is, is give it to Him. Transfer it over to Him. His shoulders are big enough to handle it. So how do I overcome worry? I think the first thing is that we need to address the false view that you and I may have of God. God. Remember I talked about in the beginning the theological disconnect that there is between what we sing here and believe on a Sunday morning but how we live the rest of our week. Is I have to look at it and do a a check and ask myself, what's the wrong view I have of God? Do I believe that he's absent? Do I believe that he doesn't love me? Do I believe he's punishing me uh, just because I'm going through all these things in my life? What's your incorrect, what is the lie you're embracing regarding what you worry about? Then I need to introduce God into our worry. So I checked my theological belief, what I believe about God? What's wrong in the way I'm handling this because of the wrong belief I have of God? But the next thing is just introducing God into our worry. Imagine if the next time you worry about something, you're anxious about something. What if you raised a hallelujah? What, what if you're driving down the road and all of a sudden you're just so overcome with fear and worry? You start thinking about Things are out of control. What if you raised a hallelujah? What if I started realizing the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, that that same power lives and dwells within me? I think... If I brought Jesus into everything I worry about, what, everything that makes me anxious, you know what it's going to do? It's going to cause me to move away from the focus of what is dark before me, those things that I struggle with. And now all of a sudden, I'm going to see a glorious God who loves me and cares about me. And I lift up that hallelujah because I realize that the more I I focus on praising him, the more I focus on bringing him into that that situation of life, the more my mind is becoming less focused on whatever it is I worry about and more focused on him. Let me give you an example. I was on a plane three years ago headed back from India. And uh, a young man came and sat down next to me. And we both kind of acknowledged each other, said uh, hi. And, uh, but that was it. That was, that was the, all the conversation we did. But this guy kept looking at his watch. He was moving from one, one cheek to the next. And, and he was just, you could tell this guy was just, I, I thought he was a terrorist. I got to admit. It, I started to worry. Because I'm thinking, I'm going to die because I can look at this guy, and he's not normal. That was in my mind. It wasn't true, but that was in my mind. My mind was starting to play these games, and, and uh, I'm thinking, he, he's got to be a terrorist. And all of a sudden, it hit me. Why don't you just put God in the middle of this? What's it telling you? What's, what's wrong with your belief about God? And I started just quoting scripture and, and praying and man it was amazing the change that was starting to come over me. I wonder what would happen if I would have stood up in the plane. I raise a hallelujah. You know, I wonder what had happened. You see, sometimes in the midst of our own worry and fear, anxiety, we missed an opportunity to speak a word of cheer to somebody. Because you know what I later realized? That guy probably had an anxiety of being on a plane. Just the fact that he was sitting in that plane was more than he could handle. And me, because I'm so caught up in me, I'm so caught up in my own worry... Am I going to die? And all the other things? I missed a great opportunity to speak into a man's life. I wonder how much, many of us that we've been in those same situations. You're so hung up with yourself. Could even be within your oikos. You know that 8 to 15 people in your relational world? that you can sense there's something going on, but you're so focused right now on you that you miss an opportunity to encourage somebody, to introduce God into the equation, into the story. I have literally found that the more that I seize opportunities to bring words of encouragement to people's lives the more they look at me and just said, thank you so much for what you shared with me. It helps. It didn't eliminate worry or anxiety. But it's exactly what Proverbs 12, 25 said, is that 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 word uh, that we speak to somebody can cheer somebody up. So we bring God into the picture. I love what Philippians 4, 6 through 7 points out is what we are to do with our anxious thoughts, what we're to do with our worry, is you turn them into prayers. When was the last time that whatever you worried about, whatever was causing you to be anxious, did you go and start to lift that up to God in prayer? Went on a prayer walk or went went out and sat on your your, uh, deck or on your patio, and just spent time in prayer, taking that issue, whatever caused the anxiety, whatever caused the worry, and take it to the Lord and begin to pray. And notice what he says happens. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When I begin to raise a hallelujah, when I begin to realize that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is indwelling me, when I begin to believe that, that God loves me, God values me, He sees exactly what is going through in my life, is that when I begin to lift up these worries or anxieties to Him, that all of a sudden His peace transcends comes in and helps sustain at that point the ups and downs that I'm experiencing. Then to focus on God being with you right now. And I think here's probably one step that often is so hard because we sometimes in the midst of worry and fear because we're not focusing on God, we're focusing on ourselves. It's It's how that I, somehow I think God's on vacation. God is not here right now. God is not concerned uh, uh, with all the details of things that I'm facing right now. But when I begin to put God in realness, going down the highway, realizing he's over here next in the passenger seat, And that I'm having this conversation with him, knowing he's listening and he's caring. That's what can happen when I start to pray. It helps me to focus on him rather than myself and what I'm worrying about. And then finally, you can't work through this alone. You can't. I think sometimes pride keeps us from wanting to say to somebody else, I'm worrying right now. I'm so anxious. Some of us need to take steps of going and getting some professional help because anxiety is just debilitating me. and So I need some help. Maybe it's just another brother or sister in the Lord, and I go to them and I say, would you just pray for me? Because right now, I'm just struggling. This is what I'm worrying about. This is what I'm anxious about. As we close today, I'd just like to invite us all to stand. Because I know that we all at one time or another have allowed worry or anxiety to overcome us. I want us to be able to pray out loud together this closing prayer. And I'd like right now for just the elders and their wives, pastors and their wives to come up and stand along the front. The worship team also to come up. So let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, let's say it together. I confess that there are times when I find it hard to keep going with anxious thoughts running through my mind. Instead of trusting you to help me, I worry. I ask for your forgiveness for trying to work things out on my own. I ask for your peace to flood my being, that I would begin to surrender my worries, fears, and anxieties to you. Help me to sense your presence and to know that you are walking with me through each part of my day. Help me remember that I'm not alone, but that you love me and care about everything that is going on in my life. Help me to place my trust in you to take care of everyone of my needs, financial, relational, physical, social, spiritual, and emotional. Help me to trust you more and worry less. Today, I'm trusting that you are leading me to a new place where I won't forget that you are with me, a place where I'm growing in your word and I'm understanding your promises better. Heavenly Father, you are all I need. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's bow our heads. The reason I asked the elders and their wives and pastors and their wives to come up and stand is to put action to the last point. I cannot handle this alone. And in the quietness of our prayer time here, I invite you right now to just step out where you're standing and to make your way down to someone who's here in the front. I just want you to say to them, this is what I'm worrying about or this is what I'm anxious about. And allow that person to pray over you. That is a great step to take. But here's what I know. Anxious people are very private. They hold it on, they hold on to it. So it's going to be a struggle just to step out from where you're standing and go. But it's a step towards Christ, not away from him. So as we quietly are in prayer, you come. Find somebody to, to pray with you right now. I know it's tough something so private stepping out is so public but the enemy doesn't like it when we're willing to kick that worry or that anxiety in the teeth and we step out and we come Jesus, here's my problem. And let that person pray over. speaking of Father's Day you have a heavenly father who knows your name and he's waiting to hear from you he's willing, ready for you to take that worry or that anxiety and just take it to him I know how anxiety can, can be a chain around us and hold us from being free to take a step so I want to make this as easy as possible this morning I want you to take the prayer card that's in your bulletin. I want you to fill it out and say, I need somebody to call me this week because I need to have somebody praying about this thing I'm afraid of or something I'm anxious about. And we will call you this week. We'll make sure we do that because it's important to God that you know he loves you and he cares about you. Grace and peace to you. Have a great Father's Day. Go in his blessing.